Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Hey, good morning, and indeed there is a, ray, a war for our souls. Father, we just thank you today for this opportunity to be with you, to hear your voice, to again meditate on your instruction through um, your word. I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive the revelation of your love, your instruction, your goodness, and your truth to us, Father. I thank you that you have tucked us into the safety of the palm of your hand and that you are our Father. And so today, Father, as we ask about this question, what about dad? Where are the dads? Where are the fathers? What are we supposed to do? What's happening? That you will give uh, instruction through your Holy Spirit who lives in us, that we will be protected by your promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you'd cover us and our families and those who work for us and pray for us and love us, those who have come to us for help, the many in our lives, in our worlds, in our relationships, that each one would be instructed in the ways of righteousness and that the fear of the Lord, and the, is the, which is the beginning of wisdom, would become again um, our legacy, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have just... Uh, welcome, honey. You're back, I see. I'm, I'm back. I'm Boy, back. You are indeed the roving host. <laughs> roving host. I have... <laughs> we I roped have, you again. I, I've, I've ceased roving for a while. I'm yeah. here today. Glad to be here. Yeah. We've got a wonderful... Yeah. Topic today. Topic well, you know, today. we just had Father's wow. Day on Sunday, and I think this is a, a big topic that it's, you know, we could probably spend several, several hours on it. But I want to, you know, give you the, the, the lead on this, but I wanted to open it up with just a scripture, an admonition from Proverbs um, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be graceful ornaments on your head and chains around your neck. My, and then he goes on to say you know, various specific examples of being enticed by sinners. And, and the whole Proverbs is basically full of this father-son instruction relationship. And yet um, the topic we're going to be talking about today is what about dad? Where are the dads? So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, how can, you know, go ahead, honey. How can we can start, take after this with uh, well, looking yeah, at what's going yeah. on? Uh, Let's start out with a, a, a true story. Uh, a, a gentleman named Josh McDowell, who's worked with youth for many, many years, uh, a great youth, youth leader, teacher, evangelist, um, was asked by a one of our former presidents uh, to sh- serve on a committee dealing with the various issues that the nation was facing. And, and he received a call one day from the, uh, president's off- the then president's office saying, uh, we'd like to have you uh, on this committee and first of all, we'd like to ask you a question. He said, what would you say is the number one issue facing America today? And they were thinking it's going to be something to do with the economy or, you know, whatever else, education or something. And he says, oh, I know. He says, that's easy. And, and they were kind of surprised that, that he would respond that quickly. He says, I know what it is. And he says, oh, well, sir, what, what is it? He said, it's daddy. Mm-hmm. It's daddy. Where's daddy? Yeah, it's daddy, and where that is the, he saw that as the number one issue of of the day. Um, it's interesting. Uh, let me just read, if I may, from Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four, in the Amplified Bible. Okay. All right. Uh, it says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, as His representatives, for this is just and right. Honor, esteem, and value as precious." your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise. Okay, then it goes on to say in verse 3 what the promise is, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Yes, I was going to say this is the first This is the first of the commandments with a promise, and that promise is exactly what you said, that it may go, may, that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And if you look at your life, let's just apply this personally as we go today, your life, the wounds, your father, your uh, memories, how you were shaped by those experiences of your childhood. Um, and the, the maybe the reason that it's not going well with you uh, or be, are because there's some things in the beginning 
uh, that were um, difficult. I think one of the, the very most difficult things children face is how to honor their parents or obey their parents, which are not the same thing, by the way. But in the beginning, we're told to obey right. our ch- our parents. Uh, but how do you obey a parent when your little spirit being says what they're doing is not right, is not fair, they're not there? How, so you get, you're caught immediately in a torture rack or an irresolvable conflict. Uh, how do I honor this, this parent? How do I respect them? And they're supposed to love me. They're supposed to take care of me. And a lot of children are looking at dads that are just not doing that. Um, and so... Yeah, dads that you know are abusive or unreasonable, or uh, they're they're sexually molesting their children or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, so there's the, like you say, they're torn between the honor and the obedience. Now, in the passage we just read, uh, Paul is talking uh, to the Ephesian church and saying, "Obey your parents in the Lord." Mm-hmm. So he's talking about Christian parents here. That in uh, the assumption is that parents are doing uh, the right thing by their children, Mm -hmm. and particularly fathers. Now, in Ephesians 6, verse 4, again in the Amplified Bible, it says fathers. Some translations of the Scripture say parents, but I think the overriding emphasis here is on fathers, uh, not to exclude the influence of mom, for sure. But it says fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and counsel and admonition of the Lord. Yes, I believe that fathers are to take the place of the heavenly father on earth. They've been given that privilege, that place, that responsibility to train up these precious children that belong to God. Um, we're like surrogate parents in a way for God and to raise them up and teach them the fear of the Lord. And this says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the lack of wisdom. And the, the it says in Proverbs again, the foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. So when you start out with a child, they're going to be easily molded, but they're also filled with foolishness and, and ignorance. They just don't know what the world's all about. Uh, hold on. If you want to call in and make a, a, a comment or give us a, a question or enter into the dialogue or discussion, as we go along here, the number is 347-215-8051, 347-215-8051. We welcome you to join us today. Yes, and, and as we look at you know uh, Ephesians 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, uh, for this is just and right, the first commandments with promise, verse 3, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Mm-hmm. So what God is saying here is that if parents in the Lord are properly training and nurturing uh, their children, uh, when children obey their parents in the Lord, they will be able to escape a lot of the sin mm-hmm. and the traps the enemy has set for them. Uh, and the consequence, they'll be able to escape uh, consequences of sin and avoid a lot of things that could threaten and shorten their lives you know, and affect their eternal destiny, of course, as well. You know, a lot of parents uh, want their children to have the best advantages. You know, they work hard to buy them the best things, give them the best education, uh, you know, sh- you know, want them to succeed, and they give them financially, materially, so many things. But if the child is in the midst of being given all those things, those blessings and benefits, is underlying there's an underlying um current of uh condemnation or perfection or performance or I've got to please you know I've got a if there's a this irresolvable conflict about the parent being a hypocrite and not really showing the love and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord in their own life for example this is going to tear away at any confidence or a blessing uh, or stability the child is going to have as a child and then as an adult. So a lot of people grow up with what we call father wounds. There's a lot of uh, pain and confusion and unresolved uh, issues. And so a lot of people, as they grow older, I know I'm jumping ahead, but a lot of uh, people today, as they're adults, are still trying to figure out how to get their father's approval, um, how to make him happy, how to fix their home. A lot of kids take that center, I'm the center of the universe kind of, uh, approach to to their life and everything that goes wrong is their fault and if their dad's not happy it's their fault and if their dad runs out on them and walks out on them or abandons them it's their fault they don't understand um, all the demonic you know spiritual warfare behind all this and all of the uh, demonic attack 
against dads. And we're not here to pick on dads. We're actually here to build dads up and encourage them. So, um, Well, Proverbs 17.6 says that children's children are the crown of old men. That would be, of course, grand, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And the glory of children is their father. Mm-hmm. So, wow, and, and you see that. Like Margie, you mentioned about children wanting to please dad. Mm-hmm. And always looking, I mean, I work with uh, uh, kids, you know, coaching uh, basketball and so forth, and I see it in sports and it, what, what it means to them to have dad. Or some so, male somebody, figure. Some who, male figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, mom is there a lot of time, and that's great to have mm-hmm. mom's approval. Mm-hmm. But some male figure that, that gives approval and encouragement to them, verification to them, it's like it, it, it just helps them establish their identity right. it's not with not with flattery well, it's, uh, uh, or anything like that or not with just words. harsh criticism and cutting somebody down and how come you can't do it right but to be there to encourage and train and instruct like it talks about here in the training to rear them bring them tenderly in the training and discipline and counsel and admonition of the lord mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like this. Uh, I think children learn by, uh, by 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 watching, by by seeing the examples, the the things that are modeled in front of them. Those things lay the foundation. They lay the program uh, from which they're going to determine what life's all about, what the world's about, what family is about, what what how to be a dad, how to be a mom, whatever later on. And so, but they have to they have to see these things. It's it's uh, more uh, caught than taught or whatever but but going but but you said but in proverbs 4 14 i'm sorry 420 he says my son give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they shall be life to all who find them and health to their flesh to all their flesh um keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life um now the thing is the process of training up a child is not just getting them a good position in the world or getting them a good uh, career choice so that they can make lots of money and be secure in some uh, financial materialistic world, but to really establish their heart in a place of confidence and peace. So um, a lot of kids, I think, uh, are flounder. And, the, and you can trace it all back. I think the statistics show us, too. You can trace it all back to a lot of it to just not having a positive role model of a father in their home. This isn't saying that kids who don't have dads will never turn out right. Not at all. As a matter of fact, in that, God says, when your father and your mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. So a lot of those children are being raised directly by the Lord. But um, what are your statistics, honey, on, on what happens when... Um, oh, yeah. With, with this, this is according to there is a... Well, here, here's the deal. And just to kind of reinforce, there's a, a ministry called the city mission. Oh, we got someone on the line? Okay. Hold on a second. Let me just give you this. Okay, quickly. The, the city mission who works with youth in the inner city, and this is what they say, they quote, the absence of a father is the single most significant predictor of developmental problems in a child's life. And then we have some statistics that we want wow. to talk about, but let's, uh, let's listen well, to our caller. Hey, okay. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Oh, how yeah, are you we, today? We have me, we have me on. Great. Yeah, yes, you're here. Good morning. Good morning. You're uh, welcome to Rescue Radio. Oh, hi. I was just listening. I just got here. I was just listening to what we uh, the topic was, and so mm-hmm. we're talking about fathers, fatherless, and yes, mm-hmm. yes. Why Why don't we let me listen for a little bit longer? Because I don't have a question yet. So. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad you're calling. Will you stay up on online and yeah, we'll uh, get back st- to you? Stick with us. Knock on the door when you're ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. 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 Sounds, thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, anyway, here and then, uh, so there's a website called myabsentfather.com. And according to them, this is these are the reports on statistics on the children from fatherless homes, okay, uh, that one out of three children in America live in homes without their biological fathers. That's a lot. One out of three in America. Uh, and, and 90% of the homeless and runaway kids are from fatherless homes where the father is absent. 85% of our youth 
who are in prison, incarcerated, uh, are from homes with uh, uh, that have fought, where a father's been absent. Seventy-one percent of high school dropouts are in uh, come from father absent homes, and a hundred a child that's in a uh, home where the father is gone is at a hundred and twenty percent greater risk to be subject to child abuse. Now that could be from a mm, uh, wow. A, foster dad or something like that. Uh, mother's boyfriend. Yeah, okay. mom's boyfriend or something like that. 85% of children with behavioral disorders are from uh, homes without dad. 63% of youth suicides, wow. same thing. And the girls, young girls, Marjorie, are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teenager. Surely it sounds like these kids have totally lost their way. Yeah. They're on the streets, they've run away, they're homeless, they can't they can't right, accomplish right. their and, and, and it's goals. also father absence has been shown to lead to increased rates of depression, increased rates of divorce, increased well, rates of substance abuse, decreased decreased educational performance, mm-hmm. uh, decreased life expectancy. Remember, we I can believe about that. Yeah, to live long. If you're living on the air. street. You're probably going to live as long. That's right. for sure. Uh, decreased average income, decreased job security, decreased level of health, and. Uh, here's another one. Forty percent of the children in father absent homes have not seen their father at all for at least a year. Well, well, some of them don't see their father at all. I had a gal so talk to me no the other clue day. Who their father is? She, um, she was the first time she. Well, her father left her when she was, I think, just an infant, and um, the first time she actually saw her father, where she could understand it, was her father was when she was eighteen. Um, and I think a lot of kids, when they have a chance to go find their father and see what he looks like, they're curious enough to go f- check it out. And so she did that, and I said, well, how did it go? Because, you know, at that point, you know, what's the chances you've not been bonded to this stranger, uh, and now you're told that this is your father, and there's all kinds of ideas, mixed emotions, uh, anger, whatever, neglect, abandonment. So what are the chances that you're going to really connect after 18 years of never connecting and not even knowing this person uh, 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 from any other stranger in the world. So I asked her how it went. She says, well, I sa- she says, well, it didn't really. I mean, we saw each other. I suppose they went out to eat or whatever. But as, since then, they've not had any interest really in maintaining or getting back to or getting to that place where they, ne- where they were, you know, cut off from one another in the beginning. So you, you lose a lot of, um, you know, 50% or maybe maybe 75% of your childhood instruction because 75% because your mother is also very, very, very busy at that point, probably working or probably doing naughty things where she's not paying any attention to you. But going back to, I have to say this, um, uh, you know, we're seeing this, the kids are actually floundering um, when there's not a positive male influence. And sometimes that can be amended a bit if they can find a, 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 an uncle that's um, a, a man of God or a man of integrity or, or maybe a principal, a school, a teacher, uh, a coach. Yep. But your basic core identity, which is formed through your childhood, um, through the things you come to believe, the experiences you have, the things you begin to uh, assimilate into your, into your world, your understanding, uh, the core identity, um, am, I, am I valid? Am I valued? To be vindicated, valued, loved, and defended. These are all the jobs of a dad. Um, And can a father, here's a question, can a dad really love his child if he doesn't even know them? If he's not even in their life, if if he's never even met his daughter or meets her for the first time at 18, then how can he bond with her? And very interesting, how can you love someone you don't know and how can you know someone uh, if you're not with them, if you're not spending any time with them. Well, here's the deal. There's a lot of, it's not, a father can be in the home and still be absent. Well, I know, but you think even a father in the home at some point is a better, well, maybe not always. I take that back because <laughs> sometimes dads are more of a negative influence because of the demonic influence on them. So I, I'm not begrudging moms who have to, you know, or dads, or, and they can, it can go both ways. I mean, you can have a messy mom too. You can have a mom who's just all and I think messy moms do even more even more damage than than absent dads sometimes because they are supposed to be the heart and core or the atmosphere the the epitome of love and boy if they're messed up that really that's another show but 
So yeah, but let's let's kind of go back here a little bit. It's like okay, if the fathers have this responsibility, mm-hmm. this privilege of training children in the ways children in the ways of the Lord, where where are they supposed to learn that? From their dad. Well, what or if from the have, Word of God? What if they have a dad that has not has given them a false sense of truth pattern, in life, or or sometimes here's here's the deal, and you can help us with this, Marjorie. There's sometimes. Uh, young men will say, you know what, my dad did this, and that's what I'm going to do too. Even if they don't really want to do it that way, mm-hmm. and, or, and, and, or they might say, you know, I would never do what my dad that's did. That's the other did, side of it, yeah. And they end up doing the same thing yeah. as their dad did. Yeah. Well, it's it's because, and I think that's one of the reasons why kids get spoiled is because if a, if a father grows up, and he is uh, deprived of what he thinks would be the greatest things in all the world to be, have as a child, he may spoil his child and give them all of those material things or advantages or opportunities that he did not get. get. So on either side, always seeing someone trying to balance out or adjust the the equation of fairness. Um, I'm never going to do that to my kids, or um, I'm never going to be like that, and you end up being just like that because the the, the pivotal point on all of that, how do I end up being like the one I said I'd never be like? Is the pivotal point is um, uh, wanting to is forgiveness. If you want to get free right. from that kind of judgment against um, your, uh, you know, bringing judgment into your own life, really, what you're doing, you're cursing your own life by saying I'll never do that or I'll never be like that. You really need to turn the injustices and crimes committed against you as a child to the, to the Lord, because um, that's the only one. God is the only one who can get this justice for you without you getting caught up in the process. Because when we start judging, uh, my dad wasn't there, you know, and we hate our dad, we hold bitterness, grudges, blah, blah, blah. What ends up happening is the judge, the enemy judges you for judging your dad, and he's then justified in bringing back on you everything that he put on your dad because you will not forgive your dad. So Jesus said, Whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven them in John 20, and I think 20, 21 or 22. And I don't think we actually understand the power of forgiveness. It is the only, only, only ever do. I'm being very, very uh, dogmatic here, very uh, absolute here. It's the only thing we can ever do to truly get justice is to turn the case over to the righteous judge. And if you're going to sit around and judge and, and berate and belittle and, and curse and and complain and mourn and murmur about whatever happened to you or didn't happen to you. God has no intention. It's not his desire for us to be defined by the pit that we came from. Your your father is doing exactly what he learned to do unless the Lord God has intervened in his life. And so when you bring the crimes committed against you and him and his father, all of it, the generational patterns of injustice, curses, and assaults that have come against our bloodline to the Lord God say, God, I release my dad for my judgment for being absent for being abusive for being uh, uh you know, abandoning me for being too busy um for not get me you know putting into my life not uh uh paying attention to me i i turn those crimes over to you lord god and i ask you to bring justice uh for all of us not just me well even even though, even though you know we are dads are um are imperfect representatives even even Hello. Keep going. Okay. So that there's um uh there's uh you know we 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 judge our dads for them also on the other side this is the other side of that coin for disciplining us for chasing us and we think they're mean dads. But at the same time this is what God is asking us asking them to do and what God does for us and so it becomes a big opportunity for the enemy to bring all kinds of misperceptions, misunderstandings, miscon uh and so the uh, uh mistakes like you said dads aren't perfect and so i think it's really well it's not i think i know it's important for us to be honest and when when you make a mistake as a dad go to the child and and admit it uh apologize ask them to forgive you um uh and you know on the level that they can understand of course um and and then forgive yourself because the bible says you know you fathers and husbands are to love their wives their children as themselves but most men out there don't love themselves. They may be, um, they may be uh, narcissistic. 
they could be very nice. They could be, or they could get themselves a lot of toys, surround themselves with a lot of their favorite toys, and chase after a lot of their favorite um, actions and activities, uh, adrenaline pumping, car chasing, whatever, hunting. What? But they may not still love themselves. They surround themselves with all these adventures uh, and um, battles and strategies to to go to war in some fantasy world of whatever. But they really don't really settle down and just be quiet enough to know who they are and love themselves. So they don't love themselves. They're not going to be able to be confident, strong enough to withstand the attacks of those in their family uh, to get past that, to really convince their child they love them. So in in Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. So... So talking about identity, unless you've got some other things to mm-hmm. add in here right mm-hmm. now, but the identity of a child really is determined in a lot of ways by how they perceive their father perceives them. Right, exactly. So okay. if the kid thinks, if you think your dad's mad at you, doesn't like you, or uh, you have an in, maybe your dad's very insecure, incomplete, unfinished, maybe he didn't get to you know be a basketball star, so now he's making you into basketball star, but really you don't want to be play basketball at all. You want to do uh, robotics or something, and you know it's 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 really unfair. It's it's an injustice. It'll cause anger and injustice in the child if they're being shaped and forced to go at, in a way contrary to their giftings and motivations. And that's what dads are supposed to do: train up a child, observe the child, get to know the child, and you know what? Consider the child the most precious thing. You know your family, the most precious thing you have on on life in life on this earth not your car not your job not your position not your career but your children and but men i i don't think i think they don't take time to see that because they're after the you know they have to bring home the bacon they have to kill the bear they have to do all this and they they don't have time to be tender to slow down to look at their child and say wow honey i see this in you you've got this awesome gift to da 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 Right, right. This this is it. It gets back to, we keep coming back to our foundation scripture here today. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them <laughs> to resentment. Now, there you go. How, what are some of the ways? Uh, exasperate them that to resentment. Exasperate, discourage. Well, our, I think one of children? the things is, you know, one of the things that's very simple is time spent with. And if a child doesn't see dad taking the time or spending the time with them, and maybe the dad's really absent because he can't stand his wife. I don't know. But the child doesn't know that. The child's going to think, well, it's my fault. Dad doesn't take any time, doesn't go fishing with me, doesn't, you know, whatever whatever it is. If it's fishing or building Legos or whatever it is, the dad just doesn't slow down, focus enough because he's so busy Distracted. by demon- demonic strategies to distract all of us guys. And if the dad, who is the anchor, is pulled up and jerked around, the ship is going to be drifting any old way the wind blows. And someone said there's an old saying from way back, the best way to take care of your kids is to love their mom. Well, that's true, but many there's so much Je- Jezebel, witchcraft, strife, rebellion, right. uh, 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 targeting the, the husband-wife relationship. It, it's a whole nother show. It's just, I mean... Well, we have the you know, better than 50% divorce rate in America. Well, so. and the reason for this huge attack, strategic, demonic strategy against the family, against the marriages, against the men, I think is because that will tear out the foundations. Well, Satan um, wants the kids. Yeah. He wants us and he wants the kids. Well, and know. one of the ways he's done that is to make dads, men in general, especially I think if I may be so racist, as to particularly point, I mean, there are different attacks against different colors, different nationalities, different races. Don't get me wrong. The devil has his strategic ways of getting at the soul of any man or woman. And by the way, God is colorblind. He made all colors, all nations, all races, all people in his image. If you're a human being, you're made in the image of God. If you're a transhuman or, uh, you know, whatever else. You're not made in the image of God. But anyway, we'll not be talking to those people right now, those things right now. We're talking to the people of God. But in, in our society, as more recently, like say in the last maybe four decades or so, since the kind of the birth of television, maybe that's five, six decades, how old, if 1950, 50s, that's when TV kind of came around. 
men, you know, they have become put, the, the white males have become kind of the, the blunt of a lot of discrimination jokes, the the laughing stock at the sitcoms. And this has been going on for years. Yeah, uh, like Art, Art, Archie Bunker and uh, the uh, Bart Simpson and uh, the whole that whole mm-hmm. deal. I think it's it's a the, the diam- diabolical plot is to take out mock and undermine. Yeah, mock and undermine home. disrespect. You know, and I think what it has done is it's diabolically drained um, the men of their confidence in leadership. Yeah, their ability to love and, and protect. You mentioned about back in the the fifties. There's a song I remember listening to as a little boy on the radio, and uh, I just I just watched a segment of it from the some of you that are old enough to remember the Donna Reed show that was on TV in black and white, uh-huh. and this is a, a a clip I saw from the Donna Reed show. Mm-hmm. In ni- it was done in 1962, mm-hmm. and there was a guy named Paul Peterson that had a song. This was on the on the rock stations. Okay, of okay. the day. The MTV uh, of the day. Well, it was it was <laughs> KDWB when it was channel 63 AM. Uh, and here's a song. This was, it was like a hit song, if you okay. can believe it. Okay. And Back it in came 62. out in the late 50s. Here are the lyrics to it. It's Again, it's by Paul Peterson. It's called My Dad. He isn't much in the eyes of the world. He'll never make history. No, he isn't much of the... In the eyes of the world, but he is the world to me. My dad, now here is a man. To me, he is everything strong. No, he can't do wrong, my dad. My dad, now he understands when I bring him troubles to share. Oh, he's always there, my dad. When I was small, I felt ten feet tall when I walked by his side. And everyone would say, that's his son. And my heart would burst with pride. My dad, oh, I love him so. And I only hope that someday my own son will say, My dad, now here is a man. Well, we've sort of slipped a long, long ways from any respect or response. This is is a hit song on the rock station. Yeah, well. From early 60s, late 50s. That's crazy how we don't go there anymore at all, ever. My, my. Where have we come from and where are we now? Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, the, but I think the, the media has been probably one of the most effective tools of the enemy to displace that respect, love, and, and recognition. And I'm sure if someone would feel that way about their father, and, um, you know, that in itself is health and strength because you're looking to that man who, by the way, the Bible says in Proverbs again, the, the glory of the child is their father. Yes. And the opposite of glory is shame. shame. And so shame says, I am bad. Um, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as. And so when the father, the glory of the home, is not there to defend his child at school, why should the child keep going to school when the bullies are after him? Or if the father's not there to give the daughter instruction and protect her from you know young men who come around who have bad intentions then why and who's going to who's going to counsel her on what to do um because there's nobody that should love you or care for you as much as your mom or your dad and so if they don't care then obviously I don't really matter I'm not that important and if with the child slips into that place of I don't matter because if I did matter they'd take some time with me I mean they don't make these this isn't a maybe a conscious thought but in the subconscious of their of their mind and being, these are the equations, these are the understandings they're coming to. So if I don't matter, then really nothing matters. And if nothing matters technically, then according to the enemy's calculations, anything goes. And so when the enemy can get you to get to that place of agreement, whether it's passive agreement or implied consent, he can get you to go along with all manner of destructive, negative behaviors, dangerous things, that he is plotting to use to take out your life. And it is totally amazing to me that more children are not just swallowed up and eaten completely. If it wouldn't be for the grace of God and the angels of the Most High, I don't think any of us would get to be 12 years old, actually. It's interesting, too, that even some people that we think of as very godly people that we read about even in the the Scriptures, in the Old Testament, David, for example, was a man after God's own heart. Yet, in many ways, he was a very bad father. 
Um, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, because uh, think of Absalom. Mm-hmm. Now, Absalom was kind of pampered, but then he was kind of rejected. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, he was, had been yeah, kind of, yeah. mm-hmm. kind of alienated, the mm-hmm. story is. Second uh, Samuel 14 kind of focuses this. Um, he had been separated from his dad. Kind of came back home into Jerusalem. They were in the same town. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see David, his and David dad. rejected him. His dad, mm-hmm. and David refused to see him for two years. Mm-hmm. And he said he sent to David, who was the king. He said, "You know, please, I want to come see Dad." And 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 David refused him. Refused him. And then pretty soon he uh, um, Absalom. He sets a, he sets a barley field on fire to try Absalom. to get the attention. Absalom does. Dead. Yeah. And then pretty soon after that, Dad still doesn't really. Um, uh, Sometimes kids get in did, trouble. Finally, get... he came. Yeah. Finally, he you know finally he got David's attention, and he came, but in a sense it was too late because we read about that after this mm-hmm. in First Second Samuel fifteen one after. After this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. So Absalom led a rebellion. Against his dad. Yeah, which I I believe could have been uh, prevented. Oh, absolutely. Had David given him the The time of day, yeah. The time time of day. And then, interesting enough, after that rebellion, and David was heartsick and broken uh, and told him not to kill his son if they should capture him. Of course, they did. Yeah. And they killed Absalom, and then David was just heart sick because his his own. I mean, he could have, um, you know, prevented all this. It was it was too late. Yeah, and and I I don't know all the thoughts behind it and why David delayed and why he didn't respond. I don't understand that. But you're you're absolutely right that it, you know you can be a great great man in the eyes of everybody, and you know who's a great man in the eyes of God. But on this one thing, he absolutely failed to. Um, to to take the time to deal with his family, that's so sad and tragic. But I think, um, and and his David's problem wasn't his lack of um, confidence. I mean, he knew God and he he heard from God and he was very victorious and very successful. I really don't know what David's problem was. Maybe too busy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, we maybe he's trying to teach Absalom a lesson. We, I don't know. We, we, it's interesting too when you see you see people like even the old patriarchs like. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacob, he showed favoritism to Joseph. Or well, go back to Isaac. Isaac pampered Esau, and Rebecca favored Jacob and brought division in the home. We're talking about things boys, that parents yeah. can yeah. do that can provoke and yeah. discourage, provoke their kids to resentment and discouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob showed favoritism to Joseph, and this helped arouse jealousy yeah. and mm-hmm. anger in his brothers. Mm-hmm. Eli, excuse me, Eli was the high priest. He was the priest. Mm-hmm. He failed to discipline his sons and brought disgrace and defeat to Israel. Now, his sons were stealing offerings that were attended to the Lord. And, mm-hmm. the, it, and people came to worship, and they saw these sons that were uh, ripping him off. And so the people despised the worship of the Lord sure. because of their son. And their sons, sons of Eli, were actually having sexual intercourse with the women, young women that came to worship at the house of God. And Eli's whole household was destroyed. destroyed. God pronounced a destruction upon Mm -hmm. Eli's household because, why, as a father, he refused to restrain and correct his Mm -hmm. sons. Mm -hmm. This is all biblical. We find the stories the same today. It's nothing has changed. So we know that the the same uh, uh, paradigm is in operation in the beginning as is now. And that is the basic spiritual warfare of taking out the the leaders, taking out the children, destroying the children through getting to the fathers. And that's really, you know, the dad, I see the dad as someone who's supposed to guard the fort, watch the door, you know, keep the burglars out. Protector. Yeah. Provider. Yeah. Provider, protector, defender. And when the dad is absent or distracted or gone to work and the, and there's nobody watching the door, then all kinds of, you know, demonic salesmen can come in through the, the that door. Uh, thieves, uh, uh, charlatans, all kinds of people can persuade and dissuade the children, and no one's there to even pay attention to to understand what you've been up to, what are you thinking, where are you going tonight, who are you going with, the friends, the, this. Nobody's monitoring 
anything much. You're just sending the kids off to play video games at the video arcade or, or you know, send them to their room with their, their latest technical device to reformat their brain. I really believe video games, guys, are a demonic device that in, that is speeding up the destruction of the human being because it's reprogramming, reformatting the human brain to yeah. think differently. Go... It's if you're not, a parent and, and you have kids that are into these video games, do you mm-hmm. really know what they're watching, what they're seeing? Mm-hmm. Go to a video game store sometime and see the horrible, destructive, oh. sexual, pervert, sexually just, perverted things. Yeah. And and then we wonder why kids uh, you know, shoot up shoot up people in churches and schools. No, oh, yeah. Um, I I don't I think that we you know we got to go back back to the simple the foundations. Um, you know, a lot of men, because they themselves were not raised with any kind of uh, integrity or with any kind of confidence in who they were, um, they don't feel capable, they feel overwhelmed uh, to take care of a family. Um, they maybe are hit with discouragement, depression, exhaustion. Um, that w- It's a result of a lot of demonic, systematic, deliberate attempts to not only discredit men, but to distract them, to get them... Um, you know, to move away from their place of protecting, like I said, and, and providing. So then they're they're vulnerable to being seduced and sedated by the siren. The siren is a deceiving woman, like a harlot or a seductress. Um, the sirens of this world that the Jezebels come in and 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 shoot them with their arrows to tranquilize them, to put them to sleep, and then to come up uh, stealth in stealth and you know, strangle them. Um, men don't w- realize how many. Uh, uh, of the enemy's sights, guns, uh, and uh, targets are, are aimed at them. Um, and so these seducing women, harlots, of course, sinful, silly women who be- be- beguile these men, and the men are just taken out. So then, so, the, then the marriage is broken. Then the children don't have dads, and it just all keeps going like a house of cards. Uh, and the flip side, too, if, if a, it's been proven that if a daughter does not have a Again, we mentioned earlier, if a daughter does not have a sex, uh, a, a um, the word I'm looking for is a, a positive, a close uh, male influence through the father, close a pop, relationship appropriate, with dad, appropriate, re- loving, yeah. pure model, model relationship with her father, they're much more likely to to basically get connected with. They're going to try to find. Mm-hmm. A, ma- a male love somewhere, mm-hmm. and a lot of times Looking what they love. do is they find it uh, with, just to be very frank, with some loser that just wants their body, mm-hmm. and that's well, and that's what they go for. Yeah. So we have kids, we have children, boys, girls, young men, young women, all looking for fathers filled with father wounds. They grow up and have children, and those they 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 parent their children out of their wounds, out of their inadequacies. And, you know, whether they're filled with arrogance or ignorance or self-ambition, all of these father wounds work to bring uh, deterioration, uh, depression. Um, You know, and like we said before, some of the kids maybe are trying to live up to the expectations of an angry, absent, alcoholic dad or an abusive dad. How do you reconcile all of that in your mind with love, grace, mercy, life, and truth? You can't. It isn't wrecking. It isn't. You have to go back to the truth. The promise of wisdom comes from that. Yes, we all actually really need a new dad, a new father, a perfect father. And this is where the Lord God comes in to reveal himself. I don't think he sets this up so that we have all these crummy dads so that we'll all embrace him as our father. I think he really wants us to have great dads who will reflect his love in a human way to us. Um, But you know, if you're looking for the perfect father, you're only going to find it in the heavenly father, who, by the way, it's interesting, as the Lord God, the progressive revelation of truth comes through Genesis, uh, through Adam and Eve, and down through the, the, the stories of the Old Testament, the New Testament, God, his whole uh, goal is to reveal himself, not just as creator, not just as Lord, but as father. And so Jesus says in the Our Father, he starts it out, our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, yeah. hallowed be thy name. So Jesus is is turning our eyes towards 
uh, away from the earth and towards the Heavenly Father, where there is a second chance, a third chance, a 24th chance to get it right when have a good dad. Right. And in, in, uh, in Psalm 68, verse 5, this is really interesting. Uh, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows. So, so a lot of times what happens in effect that uh, single moms mm-hmm. are, are, are widows um, is God in his holy habitation. He sets the solitary in families. He brings those out, those out brings out those who are bound into prosperity. So God has revealed himself as a father of the fatherless. Um, interesting, too, where he says um, in Isaiah chapter 9, 6, referring to Jesus, he says, uh, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, mm-hmm. the Prince of Peace. So so there's a father, uh, G- fatherhood that comes um, through God. It's a spiritual mm-hmm. fatherhood that God got that God brings that Jesus brings he said in John um chapter 14 uh verse 18 mm-hmm. this, this is this is when he uh he was ready to leave and go to heaven earth, build to mansions heaven, yep. go to the cross and Fear so not. forth mm-hmm. cuz his disciples they they'd given up everything they'd been with Jesus three and a half years mm-hmm. and they think okay now I'm going and I'm mm-hmm. thinking oh my goodness what what's going to happen to us mm-hmm. But Jesus said, John fourteen eighteen in the Amplified Bible, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Wow, now, he what did a come back in in the sense of sending the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be with them and, and to and live his, inside his of them. Presence with Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age through the power of the Holy Spirit. But he says, I will not leave you orphans. So we can apply that to ourselves, that God can be our father. We, we uh, mm-hmm. our, our church, honey, as you know, well know, supports uh, uh, what's called an orphanage over in India. Mm-hmm. Um, they say about them that it's, you know, they're not orphans because they have a heavenly father. Right. But still, at the same time, there needs to be father figures and mother figures well, people, you know, uh, fathers and mothers with skin on, mm-hmm. tangible mm-hmm. to to help the children. Well, I think this amplified of the definition of orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, bereaved, um, forlorn, helpless, is truly a description of most of our adults, uh, most of the society, wandering just helplessly, aimlessly. The only anchor, the only place, the only focus, the only way people are going to get back is to really find the Lord God himself. And in the midst of this mess, the conflicts, the distractions, the uh, overstimulation of the senses, the poor food, the diets, the fear, the world crises that go on and on, you know, all of these added to and become the the cauldron in which we're searching for meaning, purpose, and, and a real dad. And so here we have, we need this new Heavenly Father, the one with, that will promise us wisdom and protection in the midst of everything. And I think Proverbs chapter 3, verses um, starting with verse uh, 21, he says, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so that they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your ways. In this world of huge, huge danger, everywhere, all the time, getting worse, um, we need to walk in safety. um, And your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. How many people can't sleep at night because they're anxious, uh, they're hypervigilant, hyperattentive, because they're afraid, they're alone? Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. How many people out there are waiting for the bomb to drop here, there, everywhere, the constant anxiety and agitation that's going on through the media, through the world? Uh, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. We know it's going to come. It is coming. It is here. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Um, These are super incredibly relevant uh, promises for the crises of your personal life every day and for in, in, in the bigger picture of things. So we need a, a father, one who has power, who loves us, who really knows us, 
who is really there for us all the time, who knows you completely and understands the deepest longings and struggles of your life. No one can do that like God. The, the, your, heavenly, your earthly father can't do that. He's distracted, busy, and broken himself. A father who cares enough to drop everything that he was doing and die for us. That's the kind of a dad we really need. A father who's willing to, do, to drop everything he's doing and die for us. And, and, you know, here, we're not here to blame dads. Uh, the key is not to blame them because, you know, the key is really forgiveness. For you, it's not in blaming your dad. It's not making him the bad dad, the need dad, the, um, the you know, the mystery dad, uh, the absent dad. It's, you know what, you, whatever you have or didn't have, whatever is lacking in your life, it wasn't given to you by an earthly relationship with an earthly father, the Heavenly Father can make that up to you. You're not behind in anything. If you will allow the Lord to take your wounds, take the injustices, take the hurt, take the pain, um, and even the fact that you don't even know what you don't know. A lot of us don't even know what we haven't been taught. Um, I know how to work. I was taught growing up that was what we did. We learned how to pay attention, be responsible, and work very hard. And I, I appreciate that. I thank God for that because a lot of kids these days, they don't know how to work. They don't know what they, but they don't know that they don't know how to work. They don't know what they're missing. You know, um, they think the whole world is just video games and, and uh, new toys, you know, whatever kind of age element that those toys would be, you know, whether it's a new, uh, whatever, kids' toys, uh, teen toys, adult toys. It's I, all iPhone. Yeah, whatever it is. But but we we don't really know what we're missing. So when we seek God's word and wisdom, um, then we are able able to be uh, instructed in the ways of righteousness and live in this terrible, messy world, in a place where we're not afraid, where we can sleep at night, where we know we're not going to be orphans, we're not forsaken, we're not abandoned, we're not you know uh, left to our own devices. So whatever we have, you know, whatever issues you have, we have a few more minutes left, and our number again is three four seven. Two one five eight zero five one. If you have a question or a comment, um, we'd love to hear from you. This is um, this is your time to give us uh, a call, and so we can continue to talk about you know. Well, you know, obviously these, but really what it ha- what happens is it becomes a personal decision you make. You, you cannot base your life on what you have, don't have, what your dad de- did, mom didn't do. You, and, and how you feel about that, your perception, you have to go back to the Word of God and put the devil in the equation and realize that they were doing the best they can and that Jesus also loves them and that only God, through your releasing this to God, through forgiveness, can sort this out and restore unto you justice. Justice means to give you back the things that you didn't have, the things that, you, you, you were, that were kept from you. And the way God gives that back is through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And whether you're a father or a mother or maybe you're a future father or future mother or whatever, a single person, uh, that this forgiveness Margie's talking about is so so key. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever your situation is today, if you're, you're a father, you're a grandfather, maybe a great-grandfather, um, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, Whatever situation, whether you have kids that are, are really godly and following the Lord or they're really rebellious or in a really bad way, just continue to pray and intercede for them. Mm-hmm. And if you need to ask them to forgive you, be bold about mm-hmm. it. Do it. That can It can break the power of the enemy over their lives by simply sometimes humbling yourself if that is necessary and saying, please forgive me for specifically things that maybe you have done. And then don't just live in guilt and condemning yourself. Uh, let the Lord forgive you and mm-hmm. and don't live in, in, in guilt and regret. But whatever your situation is right now, be praying and being interceding God that you're able to redeem. Mm-hmm. Redeeming, this, this, that's this, a good word. This situation. You're able to redeem what's going on. Redeem my son, my daughter, my uh, grandson, granddaughter, uh, you're able to do it. Maybe mm-hmm. my, maybe my ex. Pray for your ex, and uh, yeah. Well, you know, the second thing, the first thing is forgiveness, as Jerry is saying. Um, the second thing is 
all of getting wisdom, 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 God. Ask God for what ask, and you we shall really receive. The, the Proverbs God, yeah. are full of it. And chapter 4, I'm just going to read a couple of verses, um, maybe even 10, who knows. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to know and understanding, to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. He's talking about wisdom. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory will she deliver to you. This is all that we're seeking for. Uh, recognition, attention, affirmation, validation, wisdom, counsel. And that comes through, poten- uh, through paying attention to submitting yourself to the wisdom and counsel and instruction of the Most High God. And, you know, a lot of people these days don't even think as that, that uh, think about that. They don't even think about the Bible. They don't think about reading it. They don't think about entertaining the idea of, of uh, walking in the counsel of God. They are so busy, so consumed, so distracted, so distraught, so uh, used up, drained out, depressed, that they do not consider the Word of God is still the best, the most life-giving option. He says, hear my son and receive my sayings, for the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the ways of wisdom, in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Hold, firm hold of instruction, and do not let it go. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. So wisdom is our life. And I, I don't hear many people out there. I mean, there, there's a lot of people with goals, ambitions, activities, projects, uh, corporations, promotions, business ventures, and hardly no one, uh, and none of them are focused towards getting any wisdom. Um, and I, I, my, I cannot admonish you enough. I cannot encourage you enough. I cannot beg you, beseech you uh, enough to, to tell you to get back in the Bible, get back in the Word of God. If, if, you know, start in the Proverbs. There's 31 of them. You could read one chapter each day, and by the end of the month, you've read the whole book. And if you just read, Proverbs are short. You can read them in different, you know, in the Amplified or in the different versions uh, and, and get a flavor for what they're saying. Savor them. Don't try to swallow them whole. Savor them. And meditating means to meditate, you know, think about it. Bring it up again in your mind. Ask the Lord to show you new understandings, new nuances of what it means so that you can really get the true depth of the intention out of it. The Word of God is life to you. And if you're dying, you need life. And so even if you're dying physically right now, if you're, you're hopeless, helpless, scrambling, you know, scattered, you know, your, your mind is being snatched from you, whatever's happening, can't sleep at night, um, don't have good relationships, there's bitterness in your family, whatever, whatever, get yourself into the Bible. Get a good Bible. Don't get one of these late conversions that are just mamby-pamby watered down. Get something like a New King James and read the Proverbs. How about between now and next week you read seven chapters because there's seven days. And and get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you because there's going to there's gonna be a day of reckoning. We are crashing towards judgment. We're crashing towards the end of all this. This stuff like this cannot go on. Each generation gets more oppressed, more demonized, Every generation, the DNA gets weaker. We're not evolving towards any greatness. We're actually devolving. We're actually wearing out. We live less, you know, quality lives. Even though we can be, we can be bolstered up by machines and machinery and hospital inventions and inter- inter- interventions. We still, we're we're not as strong as our grandparents were. We're not, and and we're our children are not as strong as we're devolving. We're wearing out. This is going to end. And But it's going to end good for you if you will today and from this day forward ask the Lord God to help you to get into the Word of God and read it. And even if you think, I can't read it, I'm scared to read it, 
you know, I read it and I think God's mad at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know the devil sets all those filters up in your brain. So ask the Lord to remove those religious demonic condemning filters and just say, Lord, I just need to read this for what it says. You are good. I know you're good. You built me to know you're good. And I don't know why all the devil's lies have taken precedence in my mind and thoughts about you, but just set me free to read your word and to uh, uh, retain it. I mean, it's not just eating food to to keep you from starving. That food has got to be assimilated. So ask the Lord to take it in, cause it to be taken into your cells to nourish you uh, and to bring you into the fullness of love and life. And really, the uh, this is a wonderful goal uh, for moms and dads, dads in particular. David prayed this, and, and as he wrote a song, and it was a prayer as well, from Psalm 144, verses 11 and 12. He said, Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners. It means the hands of his, his enemies, whose mouth speaks lying words, whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Now he, he is asking for freedom from the things that are holding him back, from the oppression and disease of his enemies, uh, that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth, mm-hmm. and that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style, mm-hmm. that our, would, our, our might be growing and strong and healthy sons, daughters that are like, uh, pillars that are strong, supportive, beautiful, able to make good goal. choices, able to flourishing, make good choices. Yeah. strong in their own, you know, and and it doesn't take much as a, if you're a dad or a mom. It really doesn't take much. I mean, a hug, a, just eye contact, looking into their eyes. I'm we're kind of rehashing some things, but look into their eyes so they know you're looking at them. You're paying attention. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Get to know their souls. What's going on in there? Um, and don't just take some mumbled answer. Uh, how, how was your day at school? Oh, what did you learn? Oh, nothing. Take some time. Get some in- interest going. And then in the evening or at the table, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, talk about the Lord. Talk about his things around the table, on the way, in the car, uh, at bedtime. Take a moment to pray with them. Even if it's a little homemade prayer, dear God, show them, point them the way. Don't discredit any little thing that you can do um, or that God would have you do to say to them. And when they're sick, lay your hand on them and pray for them and command the spirit of the fever or the earache or whatever. Command it to leave your house. Command it to leave your child. You have that authority. Um, Believe it. God said it. God doesn't lie. And he didn't give it to just certain spiritual people. If you use it, it'll work. And so lay your hand on them. Encourage them. Uh, wipe their tears, hold them, hug them, take a moment with them. It's not that hard, and it's not, you know, it's it, it's it's your life. It's really, this is the for, the, the purpose of our life. So um, we're going to kind of wrap this up now. I don't know if we have anyone else who has a question or a thought quickly um, that would want to tie into anything we've said today. But I really believe that you need to, um, you need to really understand what, uh, God wants you to know in your with your children, your walk with your own father, your heavenly father. Can I close with this poem? Sure. It's a poem I wrote some years ago called Dad, You Are. Dad, you are a molder, a craftsman of their dreams. Are you loyal to the Lord or following Satan's schemes? You're shaping lives of your own kids for better or for worse. Will you bring them blessing? or bring on them a curse. Dad, you are a model. Your example's plain to see. The way you live affects your kids for all eternity. You're sending them a message by the things you say and do. Do you want your children, Dad, to someday be like you? Dad, you are a memory, an imprint on their mind. Will they think of you with joy or despise the things they find? When your life has ended and your body's laid to rest, will they judge you faithful or will you fail the test? The Bible says that fathers are the children's glory. And if you follow Jesus, you will write a blessed story. I tell you, Dad, it's time to choose which way your life will flow. Let Jesus help you lead your kids in the way they ought to go. Well, that wraps it up. 
So, Father, we thank you for this awesome opportunity challenge, the revelation that comes through your word, to give us wisdom and the, and the courage and grace to forgive. So I pray a blessing upon each one here that's listening, those that will be listening. Encourage them in their in their relationship with their children uh, or their fathers, because all of us have a father, that that father relationship would be healed, restored, and if the father is passed on, that our memory of them would be brought into the fullness of the revelation of your truth, Lord God, that you fix, heal, and bless, restore, recover that which is lost for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week for Rescue Radio. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? for yourself.